Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Of course, as we get into the final stretch, inshallah ta'ala, before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone, inshallah, uh, to please donate bidnillahi ta'ala. This is, of course, the uh, the most critical part of our fundraising campaign, but more importantly, it's the most critical part of our Ramadan. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to catch Laylatul Qadr. Allahumma ameen and write it down for us fully. Alhamdulillah, we have with us my beloved, dear friend, Dr. Uwaym al Anjam, our editor in chief. Alhamdulillah, Dr. How's Ramadan been, been, been there in uh, Toledo? Very good, Alhamdulillah. Ramadan is generous everywhere. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh Abdullah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, phenomenal. Glad to be here. So even I've been like prepping, like, what am I gonna ask you? It's been it's been causing me great stress as to like what am I gonna open up with with you, right? Then I realized I was like, you know, you wrote that paper, your first paper on Yaqeen was about the Khilafah. And you know, uh, who wants the Khilafah? And clearly Sheikh Abdullah wants the Khilafah. I'm looking <laughs> like I'm ready to go, you know. But uh if you were the Khalifa, Sheikh, all right, Victor Women, if you were the Khalifa. Would you mandate people to be as strong as me or as strong as Sheikh Abdullah? Is it okay to offend you? <laughs> so I met, you know, when I, subhanAllah, I went to Dallas and I had seen Sheikh Abdullah in his Jalabiyah and, you know, mashallah, very, very immaculate always. But I always saw his face. So it's for the first time when I saw him in person, I said, subhanAllah, you know, um, I wouldn't say I was intimidated, but something close to it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I must have enough to eat khifa, yani. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, there's my answer. So, I guess we all have to. So, so that's going to be a deterrent. You know, we all have to lift as much as you, Sheikh. Uh, so, Sheikh Abdullah has got a. I don't know, man. Sheikh Abdullah, you ready for that? You're going to have to train everybody in the Ummah, man. Oh, Bismillah. Junaid's garage. Let's go. You can do this. <laughs> right down the street from your house. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. All right, Sheikh Abdullah, because we're getting to the end, too. I got a joke for you, too. All right. Okay. Why did the gym close? Why did the gym close? Yes. COVID, the equipment was bad. <laughs> Not because it just wasn't working out. <laughs> We're in the last days of Ramadan, Sheikh. I got to get you to. You got the doctor to smile, man. So that's successful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. That was that was a good one. That was a good one. I'll give you that Allah. one. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> We're very happy to have you, Doctor Awaymer, and obviously to everyone that's been tuning in. You know, Subhanallah, it's been um, one of the sad. Honestly, it's one of the sad things when we finish Ramadan on thirty for thirty. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah doesn't call me anymore. We kind of it just becomes very sad for me. But obviously, it's the community feel that we built here. We pray that Allah unite us always around the Quran. Yeah. May Allah unite us always around the Quran. On a serious note, I was reflecting on that idea of Hablullah. We talked about it in uh, Sayyid al Khatib. Uh, this idea of the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran unites in every way. And if you were to gather the believers to do tadabbur on the Quran every single day, they would not finish. They would not finish. So we pray that Allah make us from the people of Dabbur and Tafakkur. Allahumma ameen. And inshallah, Dr. Awaymer, 
because we're so happy to have you, we're going to ask you to start us off, inshallah. So, Bismillah, we're in Juz 26, Fadl Shaykh. Okay, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah. So, in Juz 26, there are so many surahs that are full of gems that are easy to pick. Of course, the Quran is all every single ayah of the quran is a reflection of the perfect wisdom of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in this uh just there are uh surahs that are very easily relatable and i picked two uh surah muhammad and the one right after that surah al-fatih surah muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam also known as surah al-qital it is a surah that the topic, the theme of the surah is um, in, to encourage Muslims to make jihad, uh, but armed jihad. Uh, this came at a time, this is almost an appendix to Surah Al-Baqarah. It's coming uh, very early on in Medina. And uh, when Muslims moved to Medina, in fact, rather were expelled from Mecca, leaving everything behind. Um, and the Rasulullah sallallahu began to uh, intercept the caravans of Quraysh in order to seek justice. And some people questioned whether they should, um, the Prophet sallallahu should actively intercept, actively do anything. So it, this surah um, has a very strong a powerful message and tone and even the rhythm of this surah is uh, very uniquely suited to this strong message so very a powerful direct surah it doesn't start with any uh, introductions, you know, usually surahs begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This one goes right to the heart of the struggle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking Muslims to be strong in. Um, and it appears, as I said, that this is first year, possibly, uh, most likely first year, possibly even first few months of um, the Medinan period. Surah Al-Fatih also is uh, a distinctive surah that relates to the seerah of the Prophet to the biography of the Prophet So some of the surahs in the Quran uh, are almost direct commentaries on some significant events in the seerah of the Prophet And both of these surahs are like that. So they kind of fit together. Surah Muhammad comes at the beginning and Surah uh, Al-Fatih, uh, the opening, the victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes uh, in the sixth year on the occasion of Al-Hudaybiyah when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is shown the dream by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is making Umrah and there um, uh, he ends up uh, making a peace treaty with the Meccans but a peace treaty that he makes with strength and he alayhi salatu was salam and the companions around him the 1400 companions according to the strongest narration there's some so they were 1800 but 1400 companions 
that went with the Prophet Sallallahu uh, and they set their arms uh, aside when when they arrived in Mecca with the intention of making uh, Umrah. Uh, and when they were intercepted, this is the mo one of the most interesting and intense moments in the seerah of the Prophet on a number of occasions, a number of ways. The Prophet made a peace treaty and the peace treaty was so hard on Muslims because it was unequal and inequality and humiliation was something that Islam had, you know, separated from them and expelled from them. So they will not accept humiliation as Muslims. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu accepted a term that appeared on the surface that this was uh, Dr. Weimer, we lost your, your sound. Sorry, okay. Sorry. Okay. So the treaty of al was um, on the outside uh, humiliating because it was unequal terms. Uh, Muslims who came to Medina had to be returned, but if anybody left Medina, uh, left Islam, they didn't have to be returned. Of course, ultimately the wisdom became open and clear to everyone. But the treaty was made peace treaty in islam like the most important peace treaty that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a whole surah surah al-fath um inna fatahna laka fatham mubina in that victory was not the victory uh, according to most mufassirin and in my view the correct opinion Allahu alam it was not the conquest of mecca but it was the conquest of peace treaty that was made um but that peace treaty was made with strength. This is when 1400 companions of the Prophet وسلم, made a, uh, a pledge with Allah subhanahu wa and that pledge which is became known in the tradition is Bayat Ridwan because Allah subhanahu wa says uh, and refers to it when they're making pledge with you O Prophet Allah's hand is above them meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, this is a deal they're making with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah says, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فَعَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew what is in their hearts of these 1400 companions. Allah says, Allah made this deal with them and Allah knew what is in their hearts. And this is the greatest tazkiyah of any community and any ummah in the Quran because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah knew the hearts of those 1400 companions and later there are very interesting story with Umar ibn Abdul Aziz um, uh, who was um, once saying something less than uh, flattering about the Ali al-Bayt, Ali, uh, especially Ali radiallahu anhu and one of the uh, one of his teachers said, as far as I know, Ali radiallahu anhu was there in that bay'ah. And if you know any other revelation after Quran that tells you that Allah did not know his heart and, and that you can criticize him, then you can go and criticize him. But if there is no other revelation and this is the final revelation, the Quran, then no that Allah knew the hearts of those 1400 companions 
This included all of the Sahaba, uh, all of the four rightly guided caliphs, that know that this is the greatest tazkiyah uh, of any community in history. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah knew what's in their hearts and he loved it and he gave them victory for it. What, an, what a, what a tazkiyah, subhanAllah. Truly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ yeah, that Allah was pleased with them. And so when, when we're saying radiallahu anhum about the companions, we're we're affirming what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said and, and being pleased with them. Exactly. This is ta'wil al-Qur'an. This is we are implementing directly the Qur'an. Jazakallah khair, Dr. Awimur. Absolutely beautiful. Barakallahu feekum. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa sallam ala alihi wa sahbihi man wala. Inshallah ta'ala, I'll pick up uh, quickly, I, I, I couldn't help but, but comment on the Sira portion as well. Uh, of course, last year's Quran 30 for 30 was, was Sira focused, but uh, truly this idea of how the Muslims act when they have the upper hand. Um, you know, so with the anger and the outrage and the, the harm that has been done to the Prophet وسلم, that is alluded to, that strong sense of injustice that is alluded to in Surah Muhammad and then look what happens in al-fatih right which becomes just the ultimate example of moral superiority and that was something blessed it's actually one of the very first research projects that we worked on at yaqeen was the uh the, the paper uh that that uh muhammad al-shanawi and myself wrote about moments of moral greatness of the prophet وسلم. when we wrote this paper it was just digging deep and deep and deep and you find the prophet وسلم, as he has this situation after situation after situation he always والسلام, acts with the akhirah in front of him and leads in the best way and as we've been talking about character being refined by taqwa and the remembrance of the akhirah you find that with the messenger وسلم, time and time and time again and subhanallah in this uh juz you find the tartib of the suwar in this regard right so you have first and foremost as, as dr weimer just mentioned uh, you have surah muhammad uh, you have al-ahqaf actually prior to that al-ahqaf is the warning right al-ahqaf literally gives you the 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 the, the scene of a, a prophet standing at the heights giving a warning and it parallels the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam standing on safa and calling the people and then after the messenger is run out right and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives victory on the hand of the messenger whether it was the previous prophets and then of course the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam victory is given to him right so you have al-ahqaf the warning then you have al-qital you have the fight and then you have al-fatih you have the opening and subhanallah right after that you have al-hujurat <laughs> al-hujurat which uh, you know as many of the scholars point out it is your adab with the Prophet as an ummah. You know, we're just talking about affirming the love that we have for the family and the companions of the Messenger. It is your adab with the Prophet, with his sunnah, with his with, with his legacy, with his example, that is going to determine whether his victory stays with you or not. So just the tartib of that, you know, al-hujurat, all about the adab of, that we have with the Prophet and with, with everyone else. Uh, that is around us in accordance with that. And then you have Qaf and Adhariyat. So Asura Qaf uh, is, is, of course, you know, I think it's one of the most underutilized surahs uh, in our discourse. And I say that based on the seerah of the Prophet right? So Surah Qaf, um, the Prophet used to recite it in Fajr. Uh, he used to recite it in Salatul Eid. Uh, 
Now, of course, there, there are often narrations that give us choices, and you know, we always choose the, the shorter version, right? Al-A'la and Al-Ghashiyah is the Sunnah of the Prophet and Eid, and we also have an authentic narration that Qaf and Al-Qamar, Surah Qaf and Al-Qamar, uh, the Prophet would recite them in their Eid prayer. So you have a Eid prayer where you have Al-A'la and Al-Ghashiyah, which are very powerful, of course, and speak to remembrance of the hereafter, right? Right, these concepts of the hereafter being better, and then also a longer version. If you think about it, right, in Salat al-Eid, the Prophet some reciting Qaf and Surah al-Qamar, which are also surrounding the exact same themes of the hereafter and the preference of the hereafter. And beyond that, you know, Subhanallah, imagine the Prophet would recite it leading Salat al-Eid. And also you have the daughter of Al-Harith ibn Nu'man who actually says that she memorized Surah Qaf just from the Prophet Sallallahu khutbas. I mean, just from his, his mouth, alayhi salatu wasalam, in his khutbah al-Jum'ah. So the Prophet Sallallahu would recite this to the large gatherings, right? Salat al-Eid being the, the, the annual large gatherings, the weekly gatherings, he would recite Surah Qaf. And if you recite Surah Qaf, it covers literally the beginning to the end, you know? The beginning to the end of our life cycle, the beginning to the end of the earth's life cycle, and it brings us right back to standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Surah Al-Dhariyat is uh, that what you've been promised is true. You clearly know that now. And uh, you know that, that the day of judgment has been established and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about those people that stand up and pray at night and those people that give charity uh, during the day, uh, waiting once again. So just the tartib, the the organization of these suwar, subhanallah, how they lead us to this place is very profound. And it it's, it's probably the perfect fusion of the seerah and the hereafter, the seerah and the akhirah here, right? Because ultimately the believers are principled in positions of power because they fear the day that they will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in complete vulnerability, Right? They, they fear that day. Why is it that people wrong? They don't fear Allah in the day that they will stand before him. That's why they commit injustice. That's why the tyrant becomes so intoxicated by their own tyranny, is that they don't fear the day that they will stand before one who is far greater than them and the one who endowed them with any power that they then abused and abused with. So subhanAllah, it's it's this perfect lacing of seerah and the akhirah that the moral, the moral calling of the believer is that they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watching them and they believe in the day that they will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have the uh, the mentions of, of heaven and hell constantly throughout this as part of the moral duty uh, and, and the calling for uh, the believers. And then subhanAllah, I was just going to you know focus on, on just the beauty of this. You know, Allah azza wa jalla, as he talks about Surah Al-Ahqaf and Al-Ahqaf splits up the two. And subhanAllah, it, it, it splits up the group of those that accept the Prophet and then the group of those that reject. And of course, we're talking about Hud alayhi salam first. And then it splits up the righteous child, the righteous child from the the, the child that is disobedient. Okay, so you have uh, the, the child um, uh, that is referred to وَصَيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانَ حَمَلَتُ أُمُّهُ كُرْهًا وَوَضَعَتُهُ كُرْهًا وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا I believe that's verse 16 of Surah Al-Ahqaf. I don't actually have it in front of me right now. 
So you have the righteous child. Um, uh, so in Surah Al-Ahqaf, you have the child that is righteous and that is recognizing the blessings of Allah upon them and making dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with righteousness and, and, and a great reward. And then you have the disobedient child, right, that grows up to be a complete, you know, wicked uh, fahish person, shameless even with their parents. You know, like you have the scene of the parents begging their child, please, like, do what's good for you. You know, do what's right for you. And what does he use? Leave me alone. You think, are you telling me I'm going to come back out? Are you telling me about a hereafter? And all those, those nations have passed before. It's actually one of the most heartbreaking verses in the Quran to me, honestly. This verse comes to my mind so often when I see parents that are begging their child to do what's right for themselves. And the child is fighting them as if they're their enemies. And the parents are, please, like, don't mess your life up. Don't ruin your afterlife. It's true. Look, I'm trying to help you, trying to protect you in the hereafter and trying to protect you in this life. And this person says, it's, it's only Asatir al-Awadin. These are just the fables of the past. Then subhanAllah, you move into Surah Muhammad, the next surah. So you had the group of people that disbelieved and the group of people that believed and you had the, 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 the obedient child, the righteous child that grew up to become a righteous parent and you have the, the wicked child whose, whose life kind of stops there. And in, in Surah Muhammad, verse 12, So Allah subhanahu wa mentions the admitting of the those who believe and do good into gardens under which rivers flow and as for those who rejected they enjoy or, or you know they carry on and they feed like cattle but the fire is their home meaning they're completely lost and uh lastly here and i went over time but just because dr Weimer mentioned i have to mention this and, and it's it's very important subhanallah how allah in verse 15 uh, of Surah Muhammad mentions the different anhar, the different rivers of our Jannah, which we'll talk about inshallah ta'ala in, in a future time in detail because it's just so powerful. But you look at Allah Azza mentions anharun min ma'in ghayri asim, anharun min nabanin lam yatghayyar ta'amu, anharun min khamrin laddatin nisharibin, anharun min asilin musaffa. Allah Azza mentions rivers of fresh water. So the water has no odor to it. It never, it's it's ghayri asim, it doesn't have an odor and it doesn't get polluted. Then you have the river of milk that never changes in its taste. There's no expiration date on the milk of a Jannah. Then you have the rivers of wine. They don't cause headache. They don't cause intoxication. There's no after effect that comes with that wine. And then you have the rivers of pure honey, not from the bellies of bees, but from the mercy of your Lord in paradise, constantly flowing in complete purity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to achieve that fate. Allahumma ameen. Fadl Shaykh Abdullah. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. What was just read uh, from Dr. Waymer and uh, Dr. Umar, hafidhuhum uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, were ayats from the Quran. And these ayats are those that we should really read and contemplate and uh, ponder over in order to act upon them to where we can be 
من أهل القرآن. We can be from the people of the Quran. Ahlullah, the family of Allah subhanahu wa taala. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned, the people of Allah being that we are the individuals that do our best and are diligent in acting out the verses or manifesting the meanings of the verses. Because really, when we talk about half of the Quran, is not just the memorizer; rather, it is the preserver. Hifdu kitabillah can be the preservation initially by memorizing the verses of what is being stated. You make making the phonetical sounds, the makharaj and the tajweed. But most importantly, or the second stage after that is hifdu ma'ani, is to memorize the meanings of the Quran. What are the actual meanings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, uh, bringing forth? What are they implying? What are the different implications of these meanings to where we can act upon them accordingly? And that is the ultimate goal, is to act upon these beautiful verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us to act upon these beautiful ayat. And ayat literally means a sign. It is a sign of something. So if we see a sign, a sign is there to address or to tell you something, to give you a message about something for you to act according to that sign, to act accordingly. Or you see a stop sign, it is giving you the signal to stop, to where if you don't stop, it could be detrimental to your well-being. So these signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, as was mentioned, mashallah, it is a means of communication, whether it's an ayah Qur'aniyah or it's an ayah Qawniyah. If it's an ayah of the Qur'an, as we are covering now, or it is an ayah that exists, exists within the physical, exists within our physical essence right now in, in our presence, that we see these are signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But do we allow these signs to be a reminder for us? A sign of what? And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he consistently talks about being remembered, being a person of remembrance or a person of virtue, he gives a certain characteristic, a sifa, a certain name, that this name carries certain qualities that are earned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about in the chapter of Dariyat, when he mentions uh, in verses 20 to roughly verse number 23, Allah, before these verses, Allah mentions uh, the, the the people that were of the disbelief, and then he talks about the people of belief. He mentions two different groups of people. He talks about the believers in the muttaqin fi jannatin. Uh, the the people that are of the muttaqin, they are in jannatin. They are in jannah. They are the people that are taking for what their Lord has given them, and they were the people that uh, they wake up at dawn and yeah, ask for forgiveness from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, after mentioning these two groups of people. He starts to talk about certain ayat. He says, after And on the earth are signs for the ones that are certain. They have the yaqeen. When we look at the earth, they look at the earth in a different way, through a different lens, with different expectations, with different hopes, with different fears, with different types of love, a different type of love. Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing that He is the creator. So when we talk about Tawheed and the oneness of Allah, we know that He is the Lord and He has these names and attributes. The Lord, meaning that He brings one from anything from one state to another. Rabb. Yani that's where we get the word tarbiyah from. He raises one thing, a form of creation, to be from one stage to another, from a seed to a plant, from a boy to a man, from a girl to a woman. This does not take place except with the presence and permission of the Rabb. So when we look on the earth, whether we look at a plant or whether we look at cement or whether we look at our children, anything that we look at, 
we can take it down to its essence and realize that Allah is al-khaliq al-raziq al-mudabbir. He is its, its, its creator. He is its maintainer and sustainer, and he has ultimate authority over it. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَفِي ardi آيَاتٌ لِلْمُقِنِينَ In the earth are signs for people that are certain. For people that have ghafla and they are spiritually negligent, they may look at these signs and not even be thankful. It doesn't lead to anything that is fruitful for their well-being in this life and definitely not in the next. They may look at it and contemplate over it and make a statement that shows a level of acknowledgement, but it doesn't lead to gratitude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on after saying, talking about the earth and it's a sign for the ones that are certain. And in your own selves, do you not then see? Some beautiful benefits here. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he doesn't say ayat. He says, and in yourselves, do you not see? Some of the scholars mention in regards to this verse, when he doesn't say ayat, he they doesn't say it because some scholars mentioned that it is in it's implied that you know because of the proximity of the ayat in your own self. And in your own self are ayat, in your own self are signs, you yourself are a sign. So think of you yourself, it is composed of anatomy and physiology, cells, organisms that come to form different uh, features in your body that have different functions. And on all of these functions, you have no ultimate control over. Just think of it. Yourself, you have no ultimate control over. That reality is a sign. So when we look at our eyes or eyes or our psychology and behaviors, each and every one of these features are signs. But does the individual ponder over it? This is why dhikr is so important. A tadabbur is so important. A tafakkur is so important. Pondering, thinking, remembering, recollecting to ultimately lead to gratitude, redemption, uh, uh, love, awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And each one of these that I mentioned <clears throat> is an aspect of worship if it's directed to Allah alone. Because you recognize when looking at these ayat that it is Allah that brings it maintains it, sustains it, starting with yourself. Don't go far. Start with yourself. And then he says, And Al-Basr is a form of looking, but it's with contemplation and thinking over what you're looking at. It's not just Mujarrad al-Nadr. It is looking with contemplation and pondering. So when you look at these ayat, you ponder over it. And this is why, subhanAllah, when we, you know, you look at the, the, the child. In Arabic, it's called qurratu aynin. And even in the Quran, qurratu aynin li walak. Qurra means something that is, it, it, it stays stationary or at rest. So when you look at your children, it is though you don't want to look away. Because it's so much joy when you look at them. And you look at them, you say it's an ayah of Allah. You look deeper and you say, this child has a short temper. He got that from me. Got that from his mother. Got... You start to ponder over just this form of creation. And then you stop and you say, Subhanal Khalid. Subhanal Raziq. Subhanal Mudabbir. This is what Allah wants from you when he communicates with you through these ayat. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can, I'll conclude this last verse. Allah says, and in the heavens, is your provision and whatever you are promised. 
Allah says, and in the heavens is your provision. How? Bi'inzal al-matar. And all the other with the bringing, the, the ascending down of the rain. Allah allows the rain to descend. Also in the wind, whatever he brings from the sky is a form of risk for you. Risk alakum, a form of provision. When we think about the farmer, subhanAllah, they rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly. When they see my, the agriculture will not grow unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the rain to come down to let the ecosystem process ecosystem process take place. This is important for the individual to take a step back from the dunya and to ponder and look at the bigger picture. Look at all of these signs and allow these signs to be a means of reflection and allow these signs to be a means of the different types of worship that we talked about. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that when we look at these signs, we allow it to strengthen our iman via worshiping him in different aspects of our lives. Beautiful words. SubhanAllah, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the kun fayakun in Surah Zariyat is, is not as, uh, as, as alluded to and elaborated upon, but it's uh, when the angels come to Ibrahim Ibrahim, and what is the when the bushra is given after 13 years of Ismail being born to Sara that she's going to finally have a child? You know, right? She starts to hit her face. Wait a minute, how's this going to happen? Right? How 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 the How's he going to be able to produce? I'm old. He's old. What's happening here? And the answer is kadalik, right? Uh, so your Lord has pronounced it, and your Lord is most wise and all powerful. So subhanAllah, it's as as much as we have the process of risk that is so obvious to us that Allah is not limited to the process of risk that we are accustomed to. <laughs> so even that as your pondering nature, as a proof of your resurrection, don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala operates within any bounds because Allah even created that process mm. that he's calling you to ponder upon. Subhanallah. Yeah. Dr. Wayman, I'd love to hear your reflections uh, on, on anything that's been said, inshallah ta'ala, beyond. Yeah, there is so much to think about. Surah Al-Dariyat is so full of really easy reminders that we need to think about every day. Um, the, the surah, the ayah right after the ones that Abdullah recited. And this is such a reality that is so close and immediate to you when you're talking. Allah says, by the Lord of the heaven and the earth, it is, that is the day of judgment, is true, just as the fact that you are speaking right now. Just as the fact that you and I are talking right now, it is going to happen. And of all the examples, this always um, you know, goes deep into me because how immediate can you get? And to start to reflection, think about how real it is that you are speaking, you're in the middle of it right now, and the day of judgment is just as real and you will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, in, at the end of Surah Dariyat, the, the, the two ayat that we often remind uh, ourselves of in the khutab and so on, which is um, So remind them because reminder helps believers. And this is so 
such an important uh, important set of ayat. Dhikr and a believer are connected. So a believer loves to be reminded. But a munafiq or somebody whose belief is not acting and is not active, they dislike to be reminded. And when you ever feel that you dislike to be reminded, you question your demand. And and I have not created uh, men and jinn except that they worship me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given most clearly in this surah the purpose of the creation uh, of all the creation that has a mind and intelligence. Jinn and men, their purpose is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else is secondary. This is the purpose. So when we are in a state of worship, when we are praying or engaged in an act of looking at Allah with awe and thinking about the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't need to be only in prayer, as Shaykh Abdullah said. It could be whenever you are arrested by um, your body or your child and you're thinking not about the thing itself, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you enter into worship. Whenever Allah is remembered, you are in the state of worship. That is why Allah created you. And when that happens, you should stop yourself and say, I have nowhere else to go. I can do nothing better in my life. I could not have been making a million or a billion dollars. I could not have been in a better place because I am doing what Allah created me to do. Powerful reflections. And by the way, for the audience, obviously we always try to start off a little lighthearted um, and come to that we enjoy being with our brothers and sisters. And um, you, you wrote a paper, uh, The Art of Worship, um, last Ramadan, right, Sheikh? Yeah. Last Ramadan, last Ramadan that we published. And alhamdulillah, some of you may, may have seen the infographics uh, for it as well. Very powerful. Uh, go look up The Art of Worship on Yaqeen's website. Uh, actually, two of my favorite papers are Ramadan papers. I know people don't like to read papers in Ramadan typically, uh, but The Art of Worship by Dr. Uwayman and then uh, the, the Keys to Tadabbur uh, by uh, Sheikh Yusuf Wahab and Sheikh Muhammad Shinawi. Uh, those two papers are just beautiful gems, mashallah. So please do go to the website, look up The Art of Worship and Keys to, to Tadabbur uh, because that is essentially what we are trying our best to do uh, with the night as we go into these last days. So Dr. Uwayman, so, so happy you could have joined us. Alhamdulillah that you were able to make it with us. Jazakallah khair. Uh, for being with us. I got one more with, for you though. Me and Sheikh Abdullah are going to a ping pong match right now, inshallah. So yeah. who, who do you have? Ping pong. Just ping pong. Ping pong? Yeah. I'll give you ping pong. Ping pong doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say that. We'll have to edit the audio. We'll have to like uh, clip the audio where he says it doesn't matter. You just, I'll, I'll give you ping pong. The first question I give to Sheikh Abdullah. So I have to give you something. <laughs> Inshallah. Your favorite exactly. is showing, Chef. Your favorite is showing. That's okay. We'll we'll let it go. But ping pong is a real sport. I mean, it's it's an Olympic Olympic sport, right? It's a it's a thing. So, Inshallah. Superior athleticism, you know. <laughs> we have to do it, Inshallah. Next time I'm in Dallas. Inshallah. Are you good at ping pong? I'm not good. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, maybe you could beat Chef Abdullah. We'll see. 
Omar. We'll definitely see coming up. We appreciate you. And by the way, one more thing. If we could ask the audience, make du'a for Sheikh Dawood Wadi. Sheikh Dawood is actually supposed to be with us as well to discuss some some Hujurat, but he, he is ill. May Allah give him Shifa. So, inshallah, we'll have him in a future episode. Barakallahu feekum, inshallah ta'ala. We'll see you all tomorrow. And we pray that we uh, all are amongst those who observe Laylatul Qadr and have Ramadan accepted for us. Allahumma ameen. Assalamu alaikum. 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 Assalamu alaikum.